Who may ascend into the holy, into the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood and has not sworn deceitfully. He shall receive a blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, even Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. Would you bow with me? Father God, when we look into your revelation. We are looking into a window of who you are. And you are good. Humble us this morning, Father. Show us your glory. We expect it, Father. And we're ready to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The title of my sermon is The Stairway to Heaven. Uh, there was an obvious song that I wanted to play. However, I refrained from that because it would have took up half the sermon time to play it. But I do have the lyrics. Before we get into this, there's three parts in this psalm. There's, well, we're actually going to break it up in four. The, the, there's a fact, a choice, a result, and then we're going to apply it to our lives. Okay, So that's the way we're going to go about it. But the word selah, or selah, however you want to say it, that you see in some of the psalms, this is just a word that means meditate on this and each time you see it in a text it's meant to be there as kind of a musical rest for you to stop before you read any more think about what you just read examine your own heart with it and it's very pertinent in the psalm that we're in today the lyrics of stairway to heaven by the famed philosophers led zeppelin there's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying a stairway to heaven. When she gets there, she knows if the stores are all closed with the word, she can get what she came for. Ooh, makes me happy. I want to go all the way to the end. It says, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, don't be alarmed now. It's just... A spring clean for the May Queen. Yes, there are two paths you can go. But in the long run, there's still time to change the road you're on. I would tell you that's some truth right there. Okay? All truth is God's truth. Now, there's a lot of lies in this song. I'm going to get to those in a second. But that's the truth. There's only two paths. The Bible says there's a broad path, Matthew 7, 13. And there is a narrow path. They both have two gates. The broad path gate is birth. The narrow gate is Jesus Christ. Second birth. That's it. There's only two paths. But we digress in the song from there. Oh, 
and it makes me wonder. Your head is humming, and it won't go in case you don't know. The piper's calling you to join him. There's not a piper, there's a God, and we were going to have to stand in judgment one day. But I think that's what he's trying to say in a roundabout way. Dear lady, can you hear the wind blow? And did you know your stairway lies on the whispering wind? Very interesting that the word wind is spirit, Holy Spirit. It's interesting how he's hedging on this. But then this, listen to this. And as we wind on down the road. Our shadows taller than our soul. Soul is choice. It says, as our shadow is bigger than the choice. Kind of a fatalism thing. There walks a lady we all know who shines white light. The white light is not a lady. It's a man. His name is Jesus Christ. And wants to show how everything still turns to gold. And if you listen very hard, here it is. The truth will come to you at last. You ready for the truth that they're teaching in this song? When all are one and one is all. To be a rock and not to roll. Do you realize that every false religion says all is one, one is all. You just believe. It doesn't really matter what you believe. As long as you believe, you'll be climbing your stairway to heaven. Let me tell you. This psalm is going to show us the stairway to heaven, okay? It's going to lay it out for us. Just as clear, I'm, I'm just going to try not to mess it up. You probably already saw it when you read. So you ready? Let's look at the facts now, not what you learned in a song growing up. And whether you understand it or not, maybe you've heard that song 100,000 times. I don't know. And maybe you've never really listened to the lyric because it's, su it's such a cool song to listen to. I, I'm, but there's a philosophy that's being taught in music and what's so dangerous about music is you're receiving it without even knowing what it's saying be very careful i used to listen to all this music when i was a kid and now i'm actually looking at the lyrics and thinking why was i listening to this but that's just me. here's the fact the earth belongs to, well, wait a minute, well, back up. Let's go to Romans. Romans 6, this is a memory verse, right? Okay, let's all read it together. Romans 6, 23. Okay, so whatever we're going to say about the stairway to heaven, which is eternal life, which is really knowing God, but we'll touch on that. Okay, whatever we're going to say about it, it has to be embodied in a person. Who's the person? Christ Jesus. And when it says Christ Jesus, our, that's personal. What? Lord, that is priority. This is the choice that they're talking about in the song. But the shadow's not bigger than the choice. Remember, we just studied Psalm 23. Shadow of death, I will fear no evil for what? My shepherd is with me. If you don't have the shepherd, the shadow is bigger than your soul. Free gift. Is there a climb there? Is there works involved? Now, is salvation free? No, it costs 
Lots. But it's a free gift to you. Well, you say, well, then how come you're preaching all the time that you have to make Jesus your Lord? It's kind of like this, and this is a bad analogy, but it's the only one I got. If I'm going to go with Geico insurance, I have to drop my State Farm insurance. If I'm going to, dr- to go with Jesus as my insurance for eternity, I've got to drop trusting in me. You can't do it both ways. You can't have it your way, Burger King style, and have it God's way. Amen? So that, that, and how much is the world's anyway? What does God own? You ever wondered? The earth, here's the fact, let's bring it up. Here's the fact. The earth belongs to God, not you. There seems to be some confusion on this, so I figured this psalm straightens it out. I was with the ladies this week at Ridgecrest. They did their own thing, and I was, by, I was the bus driver. And I went into the woods, and it started to rain on me in the woods. And, and I was walking, just talking with the Lord. And Through our quiet time this week, how could you not just look at nature in a different way? So I was thinking through my quiet time, and I've been studying. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And I, There's a brook that comes down, and, you know, Everything is so balanced in nature. You you realize how many things just have to come together for everything to work. God's got a plan. And then I think, in my own life, why am I so tentative in trusting him with it when that robin up in the tree is not worried about what it's going to eat? Do you belong to the Lord? Even Curtis Chapman has a song that says, It's all yours, Lord, yours, Lord. Everything is yours. That's the cool part of the song. It's disturbing from there on out. He says, My life is yours, God. And he, and he sings through that. And then he says, There's a little child in London who's homeless. He's yours. And I think through of all the people I know in my life, and they're God's. I think of how I treated my brother when he was a homosexual before he came to know the Lord. And I think, he's yours, God. Why did I treat him like that? When I think of the people that cut me off in traffic, they're gods. Everything is, including myself. And I think I've grabbed more a hold of the fact that God's mine. And I think that's false. I'm God. There's a difference. Isn't it interesting how he says in verse 2, for he has founded it upon the seas. The picture here is that the whole world, he's lifted out of the waters. And if you think about Noah, at any time he could put it back. He's promised that he won't. Next time it will be by fire. But he's, he's showing here that God created it and he sustains it. He alone is the one that does this. Um, here's the Jewish thought. The Jewish thought was that the Holy Land is God's and that the seed of Abraham are his people. And what's David saying here? Every, not, Jimmy, are you just saying that not only Jews are, are God's people, but also we Gentiles? Do you realize that 
Israel's misunderstanding here caused them to be bigots. Caused them to hate other people. They called Samaritans, which were half Jew, half Gentile, what'd they call them? Dogs. Not like we treat dogs, but dogs. And see how that blossomed in the world today. That blossomed into the rest of the world, then in turn reciprocating that hatred, right? And hating uh, the Jews. And that we just want to wipe out the Jews. Is that alive today? Oh yeah, watch the news. You see, when we disobey God, things happen. Do you believe that the earth belongs to you, or do you think it belongs to God? Then why do we complain when it don't rain, and then when it rains, we complain? Why do we say, I'm sick of winter. I wish summer would get here. Then summer gets here, and then we say, good night, it's hot. Right? I mean, you ever wonder about that? I want to bring, let's, let's turn just back one, ver, one book to Job. Oh, this is good. Job 38. I'm, we're we're going to read more than what's on the board. So turn there. Job 38. Here's what it says. Job has gone through the whole thing. In the beginning, it says that he didn't sin. And then his buddies come over and tell him that he's in sin. And, and finally, at the end, he starts thinking he's something. Is Job something? No. He starts thinking that because he's gone through this, he knows a little bit about life. And listen, here's what it says, verse 1 of chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. That kind of points us right back to stairway to heaven. You want to hear from the whirlwind? Here it is. It's not a lady. I'm sorry, ladies, but God's not a lady. Who is this that darkens counsel? By words, what? Without knowledge. Now gird up your loins like a man, and I will ask you, and you will instruct me. How would you like God to be looking at you saying, okay, buddy, I'm going to be quiet now. You teach me. How do you think that class is going to go? What kind of test are you going to give? Anyway, he goes on, he says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me. If you have understanding, and the answer would be, you and I don't have understanding. We're with Job. Who set its measurements, since you know? Or who stretched the line on it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Where were you, Job? Oh, or who enclosed the sea with doors when bursting forth it went out from the womb when I made a cloud its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and I placed boundaries on it and set a bolt and doors and I said thus far you shall come but no further and here shall your proud waves stop have you ever in your life commanded the morning and caused the dawn to know its place have you before we start thinking we're something because we can make iPods, <laughs> maybe we ought to stop and think, huh, what'd they make iPods out of? People think there's something because they can take uh, uh, sperm and, 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 and can split it and do things with it. And they think they're being creative. And God says, get your own stuff to work with. It's all his stuff. 
there's not anything that's made that's outside of his stuff. The first and second laws of thermodynamics state this, but we just seem to just ride on by it and think somehow we are important. Are you? When you're the creator and when you're the provider, okay, so get that in your head. When you're the creator and when you're the provider, you can set the requirements for creation. This would be good for everyone to know, okay? Those that look at God and say, I don't like your plan of salvation. It doesn't matter. Were you the creator or are you the provider? When was it that you felt the stress of the sun coming up in the morning? Have you ever been at the beach and felt the pressure of the tide rolling in, unless your car was parked too close to the waves? We got a choice. You ready for it? Here's the choice. Be committed to what? You see, there's only two. Just like there's two roads, there's truth and there's lies. Do you realize that everything falls into this category? You would do well if you would filter everything through this. And here's the truth. You ready? He asks a question. God has made all people, hasn't he? Would you say amen to that? Are you awake on this side? Say amen. Did God create everything? Okay, now this side. There's less of you over here, so he, did God create everything? I was looking for amen. Why do we say Amen. It means truth. It means truly, truly. Truth, that's the truth. Meaning, if we're looking at truth versus lies, when someone says something that's the truth, we say, woo that's the truth. God created everything, didn't he? Okay, amen. See, it's not just a word Baptists use. We, we've lost sight of things. Okay. Now, the, he has a question here. If everything belongs to God, who can get to know him? Who can have a relationship with him. He's up there. We're down here. Who can come to him and have a relationship? Is it a good question, you think? I think it is. Only certain people. Do you realize that not all people will be saved? Only certain ones. The Bible uses the words over and over again, few. Few. Well, I'm going to emphasize that. Few. Not everyone's going to be saved. Okay? This whole thought that every one of my family members that's died, whether they showed proof, evidence of repentance that they were saved, is a lie. They didn't show evidence and fruit of repentance. They had not repented. Okay? That's the facts. Now, so who will be saved or who can be saved? That's a good question. And he's going to answer it. Aren't you glad that he doesn't just leave it there? Huh? If you want a more detailed list, Psalm 15 asks the same questions. But he goes into certain pertinent things. You ready for them? They're inward and outward. Isn't that interesting? There's always an inward aspect of things and an outward. So if you have the inward, what will happen with the outward? It will come. I love that quote from the video that opened the service. It's by Amy Carmichael. It says, you can, let me make sure I get this right. You can, you can do works without love, but you can't love without doing works. That's the gist of it. Here's the inward. He asked, he says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to falsehood, has not sworn deceitfully. Got it? Okay, let's move on. Everybody got that? 
Here's the inward. The inward part is this. I have chosen perfect priorities based on truth all of my life. Say that again. Here's what the inward qualification is for those who want to worship God. I have chosen perfect priorities based on truth all of my life. How many would stand and say, I'm in? I can't. Let's look at the outward. Here it is. I have never acted sinfully or spoken sinfully all my life. Serious, isn't it? That's that's the truth. There's the truth. This is what it takes. Are you optimistic at this point? You think maybe you'll slide in because you're better than the person next to you. It doesn't really, see, the God, the creator of the universe who has provided everything, has laid down his requirements. They're not in question, he said. Inward, outward. Inward, I have chosen perfect priorities based on truth all my life. That would be that the Lord is priority. I have never acted sinfully or spoken sinfully all my life. Now, hold that. Think about it, but here's the result of that. If you you act in truth, there's going to be a result. If you act in lies, there's going to be a result. We talked about this Wednesday night, that there there is certain laws of nature, amen? Okay, amen? Okay, one of the laws of nature is gravity. You get at the top of the Empire State Building and you say, I don't believe in gravity, and you jump. Yes. What's the last thing that went through his mind? His tail. You can't break the law of gravity on earth. Well, you know, they have machines that, that but what I'm saying, it's a natural law. There's, a, there's other natural laws, but the one I want to focus in on is what you sow, you will reap. People sow wild oats and pray for crop failure all the time, but it's not going to happen and if you sow lies what you're going to get is trouble if you sow the truth what does the bible say you're going to get here it is here's the result um let's go to the next slide here it is either contentment or resentment think about what you think about god are you content with just god doing whatever he mary well wants to do or when he does something do you think he's wrong now that's easy to say what happens if it's mama dying when she's 50 years old am i going to be content with god's choice of being in control life or death remembering that i wasn't there when he measured the earth or am i going to start thinking who in the sam hill does he think he is Oh, I've heard both ways. I'll tell you that I hear much more of the resentment than I do of the contentment. Examine your heart. This is what he says. This is, if you're content in the Lord, this is what's going to result. He shall, what? Blessing just means happiness. The whole world's looking for happiness, right? He says, here's how you're going to have happiness. Clean hands, pure heart. There it is. This is how you want to be happy? There it is. And it says, and righteousness, right relationship with the Father. 
this is the generation of those who seek him. And then he, there's an inward and an outward here. Let's, let's, here's the inward. A desire to seek and know God, which leads to right relations with the creator. Here's the outward. Living a life of blessing, which refers back to the truth. Clean hands, pure heart. I want to read a verse for you. Proverbs 8. Well, well wait a minute. What's the next word after verse 6? Yeah. So he wants us to stop here and think about it. Do we live up? Do we want our lives to be a blessing? Amen? We do. Do we want to be right with the Father? Do we want to seek God? Well, we say we do, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. Let's bring up Proverbs. Proverbs eight seventeen. Let's all read this together. Go. You like that verse? I thought God loves everyone. Uh, yes. In, in the way that he has revealed himself to everyone, and he sustains everyone. But this love is talking about agape. This is talking about personal love relations. Intimate. He says, I love those who love me. What's the greatest commandment? With all your priorities, with all your choices, and with all your thinking. Love him. And he says, and those who diligently seek me will what? That's a good verse, isn't it? Okay, and if you seek him, then you'll be right with the Father, and you'll have a blessed life, and you'll have clean hands and a pure heart, right? You like that? So how many of you seeking God? Let's bring up the New Testament, because here's where the bad news comes in. Romans, chapter 3, this is right before, the gift of God is eternal life, it says this, there is what? None that are right with God. Is anyone born right with God? You don't know my grandchildren. I, I don't need to. Not even what? There is none who what? There is none. Well, wait a minute. Is the, is the scripture contradicting itself here? Because it says those that love God will seek him and the bible here says that none seek him so in turn we can say that no one really loves god in and of themselves so i'm giving you the bad news all have what boy read romans 1 if you really want to see this uh, given you or you can come to the romans class tonight we're starting tonight together they have become they're not fulfilling god's purpose they're useless there is none who does good, not even one. So you seek God, you'll find contentment. You seek your own way, and you're going to resent the very creator who keeps you alive. That's, that's what's in play here. Think about it. And where are you at with that? Because now we want to get to the application. You ready? We've got the bad news out of the way. None of us are good. And don't you think it, it, it pauses here, and then the whole psalm changes, doesn't it? It says what? Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that what? 
I can't believe you can say that like, what? The king of glory may come in. You excited about Who is the king of glory? He says, the Lord, strong and mighty. Remember, they didn't know his name at this point. They knew Christ was coming. Christ means Messiah. They knew Messiah was coming, and they were looking forward, and they were believing in it. But then when he got there, right, he wasn't what they thought he was going to be. The Messiah, instead of coming, delivering them from the armies that were against them, he came and dealt with the sin inside of them, and they didn't like that. Because they were bigots. Remember? We're Jews. We don't have any sin. You're a church member. You don't sin. You're good people. That's the broad road, folks. That's, matter of fact, that's one of the big signs on the broad road. Who is this king of glory? Who is he? Do you realize when it talks about the Lord of hosts, it's talking about a person who has fought battles and won. All of Israel, the reason why they asked for a king was to have a man who would stand before them and fight their battles for them. And God said in the beginning, you messed up asking for a king because before then, I was in front of you. But get, was God done? No, he wasn't. You see, because there is a 100% man and a 100% God incarnate his name is jesus christ they didn't know his name david didn't know but he believed he said he's coming what's the biggest battle we fight the biggest battle we fight is that every day may be your life and inevitably death is coming it's there all the time it's the shadow and if that shadow overcomes your choice, then you're just fatalistic. But if you realize that you have a shepherd who you don't have to fear, death. He's already gone. He conquered it, and he's coming in. And you can either say, king of glory, come in. Or you can say, I think I'll do it my way. And it doesn't really have anything to do with whether you come to church or not because some of the most pagan people I know come to church every week, but they live their life devoid of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And you say, how can you say that, brother? That They have no desire to be in this book. Do you realize that you cannot say he's your king and never look at his rule? John 18 Jesus is before Pilate. Oh, this is good. Pilate said to him, So, you are a king? Right? This is the question. They're killing him. Pilate's in a bad situation, would you say? He's in a conundrum or a dilemma, right? What's a dilemma? Either way he goes, he's in trouble. No, he wouldn't have been wrong if he'd set Jesus free. But he'd have been in trouble. So he's a pragmatist, so he's looking for a way out. So he says, so you're a king, are you? And Jesus says what? You have said correctly that I am a king. Now get the next part. For this I have been born. You think the birth of Jesus is important? 
the incarnation is fairly important. Do you think it's important the reason he was born? And we can go around, those of you at Truth Project, you know this is old hat, but for those of you that don't, you, we can go around this room saying, why did Jesus come? To save people from their sins. No! It's not it. What does it say? He says, the reason I came is to testify to the truth. Remember, in this world there's only truth and lies. How do you know what's the truth? Jesus said, I came and I showed you what the truth is. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the best sermon that was ever preached. And it says, you've heard it said, but I say. These are lies. This is the truth. It's not murder if you go out and kill somebody. If you have hatred in your heart, that's murder. It's not just adultery if you go out and sleep with another woman. It's adultery if you have lust in your heart. And he goes through these things, doesn't he? But listen to the next part. He says, what's the next word? Well, how many does that include? Everyone. Everyone who is of the truth, what? This connects us right back to Psalm 23, right? And the shepherd and what he says in John 10. My sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life. What's eternal life? John 17, 3. To know the Father. the wages of sin is what but the eternal life is what knowing god okay so in christ have you ever heard that saying we are in christ when we're in christ we can know god that's eternal life now follow me in christ we by faith seek him Okay? It's not, you don't seek him something you already know. It's by faith. You don't know. What does Romans 10, 17 say? Let's bring it up. Read it. Go. So here's the way it goes. Nobody seeks God. So we get into his word. And by faith, he starts revealing himself to us through his word. It's the only way it happens, folks. Doesn't happen by osmosis. No one seeks God. You get into his revelation of himself, and he starts revealing himself to you by faith. Then you confess Jesus as Lord and trust him in his works. Let's bring up Romans 10, 9, and 10. Let's read it together. Go. Inward, right? Believe in your heart. Outward, confess him as Lord. Let, follow me. Here it is. Justified. We can take it backwards in Psalm 24. Justification. I'm right with God in Christ. I'm seeking God. In seeking him and knowing him, he's going to make me happy. This is the way to happy, blessed life. And then in that, the process of sanctification is going on in Christ. Every day as I die to myself and live for Christ, he is making my hands clean. He is purifying my heart. Only in Christ does this happen. Only. If you're looking in any other way, 
to have a relationship with God, there is no way. There is only one man who has chosen perfect priorities based on truth all of his life. There's only one man who has never acted sinfully or spoken sinfully in all of his life. And that person is Jesus Christ. And he has offered a relationship with you. But it's on his terms and not your terms. And I would challenge you this. If this word doesn't mean anything to you, not important to you, I would say there's something very wrong with your king. And I challenge you. This is why you're going to hear every time I preach, every time I teach, quiet time, quiet time, quiet time. Because as you get into God's word, no matter how ignorant I am or you are, God's going to work through his word. I'm going to close with this verse. First Peter. Therefore, brethren, be all the more what? Diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you what? You will never stumble. You remember what you sow, you're going to... If you sow the truth, are you ever going to stumble over what you... What the harvest is? No. For in this way, the entrance into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be what? The Bible is very clear about the stairway to heaven. Now, this psalm ends with meditate on this. Meditate on this. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? And if you say it, is it just words? Look at the priorities of your life. And be honest before God. Remember, I expect him to work, and what he shows me, I will obey. I don't know what God's within your heart. I know this. Some of you here need to share Christ with other people. You don't know how to do it. This psalm is a perfect way. You've seen it today. No excuse. What you've learned, go teach. Some of you here were right with the Lord at one time, and you've gotten away from it. Well, I don't know what you're waiting for. Confess your sin. Humble yourself before God. Get right. Some of you have lived your whole life thinking you're good. You're not saved. You see, because the process of salvation is an ongoing death of God revealing in and of myself how bankrupt I am. And in him doing that, he's revealing himself and how glorious he is. And that process, if it has not started in your life, salvation has not come. So what do you do about it? Well, coming down an aisle is great. I've seen lots of people do it emotionally, but really, that says nothing about your heart. Go home and get into this. And as you get into this, and you see God in this, he will what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. You have the words of Christ. It's that thing on your dashboard that the sun has crumpled up. Just having it there isn't what he's talking about. Would you bow your heads with me? I can truly say that I do not have clean hands, and I can truly say that I do not have pure motives before the Lord. Can you say that? I can also tell you this, that God is dealing with my motives every day. 
God is also dealing with my outward sin, my clean hands, every day. Is it fun? No. Is it good? Yes. The Bible describes it as war. The best war you'll ever engage in. The reason it's the best war is because the war is won. It's the battle that you must engage in each day. And the Bible doesn't tell you you have to fight. The Bible tells you all you have to do is stand. Stand in Him, not in yourself. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Father God, we come before you with this invitation. We're not looking for an outpouring of emotion. We're not looking for an outpouring of fakeness. Father, we're looking for you to work however you choose to do it. Father, your word tells us that sometimes you work through the stench of life and sometimes through the stench of death. May you have free reign here. In Jesus' name. Would you stand, heads bowed, eyes closed. The altar's open. What the Lord has shown you, what you expected him to do, now obey.